What is up, cyber and crypto dudes and dudettes? Hope everybody's having a great week so far. Today is Thursday, August the 15th of 2019, and this is episode number 81 of the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. I'm your host, Eric English. All the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely my opinion and do not reflect that of my employer. All right, so lots of things to dive into. It's been pretty hectic since the last podcast, so we're going to dive right in. One of the personal things I'm going to talk about today is how do you know when you've made a mistake taking a job? So I recently took a new job and then I went right back to where I was because it turned out to not be what I thought it was. So we'll talk a little bit about that and that experience and and hopefully that helps somebody else and hopefully you can avoid going through that because going back and asking for your old job is a little weird. But either way, we'll talk about that in more detail. So on the cybersecurity side of things, we're going to talk about various data breaches and and security leaks and all that good stuff. Some biometric data was leaked and other hotel breaches and whatnot. So that's always, you know, a a common theme for our podcast here. DEFCON has been... uh, Pretty fruitful as far as for the cybersecurity space. You're seeing all these new articles about different vulnerabilities and new vulnerabilities that were all shown off during the DEF CON. Uh, so that has brought a lot of things into the light. And now we're, we're seeing article after article about various loopholes and flaws and security issues with all kinds of different things. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those security issues that have been uncovered, uh, including the Microsoft RDP vulnerabilities, some Lenovo stuff, and others. And the other big hot-button topic in cybersecurity slash privacy is all of the voice assistants and what what is happening on the back end there with all of those voice recordings. We talked a little bit about that during the last show, but there's been a few more companies that have been found out, if you will. So we'll talk about that as well. Also going to touch on an article about North Korea and how much money they made using cyber attacks. On the cryptocurrency side of things, we're going to talk about a new variant of a Monero mining malware, and essentially it's trying to avoid being spotted, so this one's pretty tricky, so we'll talk about that one. We're obviously going to talk about the recent fall of all the the prices, including Bitcoin and all the altcoins. Been a pretty epic fall here recently, so we're going to talk about that as well. We're also going to talk about Samsung and they're what they call their blockchain-enabled smartphones, so we'll talk about that as well. So, interesting stuff there all around. So, we'll start on the cybersecurity side of things. Multiple breaches, as usual, have come out over the last week or so. A million uh, people have their biometric data exposed on a pretty big online security breach. Again, it's just an open database just sitting out there on the web. And so it had a million people's biometric data. So that, I hope, I really hope that that type of data can't be used, you know, to get into all the biometric related stuff. That's, and that's really scary to think about. So a lot of what ifs there and, and certainly very disheartening to know that your fingerprints or what are your irises or whatever could have been leaked and stolen as a part of those breaches. So. So this database is owned by a company called Suprema, and they're a, 
Oh, man. They're a biometric security company. They do facial recognition and fingerprint information collection. And apparently it's it's also used by the UK Metropolitan Police and other small local businesses and governments globally. So uh, Suprema says that their BioStar 2 software uses the facial recognition and fingerprinting to help control access to various facilities. So researchers last year in August found a publicly accessible Elasticsearch database with 23 gigabytes of data, highly sensitive in nature, obviously, with all the biometric data that they found. And it's all the data that they'd collected using that Biostar 2 software. So apparently also included in this was images of the actual people. So you get their fingerprint, facial recognition, and then just a regular picture of them. I guess outside of the facial recognition. So that's pretty interesting as well. Uh, They're also saying that personal data was in this database as well. And that personal data included unencrypted usernames and passwords. So that's pretty wild stuff there that uh, they're seeing basically all the... They're they're saying it's employee data from, uh, I guess it's various governments or whoever was using this software. But they could see all that employee data and get their (laughs) username and password in plain text. Anyway, the researchers basically said if somebody had gotten a hold of this, they could have potentially bypassed the Biostar 2 software using some of this information. So, pretty wild stuff there. It's unfortunate for sure, but I guess this is a sign of things to come with more and more biometrics coming out and more and more companies storing that kind of information. So, we'll keep a pulse on that and see what happens moving forward. Uh, Some other data leak-related news. The Capital One hacker that got arrested the other day. There is suspicion that this same hacker took data from 30 other companies. That is a lot. And they're still investigating all of this, and they don't have any big-time details yet. But, wow, 30 other companies? I mean, if this this lady apparently worked at AWS, so and if she has any kind of administrator access, I would presume that she could access pretty much anything in AWS. So I wonder what 30 companies are, are affected by something like that. And, God, that's scary to think about. So some of the vague descriptions of the 30 other companies, they're saying it's educational institutions and other entities. So they never really say exactly who was affected there. But U.S. officials said that they are going to notify all the victims, and so is the FBI, and you know, once they actually determine where all this data and information came from. But 30-plus companies. Wow. All by that one person. So she didn't just get... Capital One's information. Interesting to see what else comes out of that. Uh, Credit Karma. If you've ever used Credit Karma, they help you track your credit scores. Well, they had what they're calling a software glitch that allowed users to see other people's full credit reports and their user profiles. So, talk about wild there. If uh, if you use Credit Karma, you know, I'm sorry. That's That's certainly... Certainly scary to think about, but if you are one of the people that may have been impacted by this and you haven't already done this, I would highly recommend going out and freezing your credit with all of the major credit, uh, like uh, Experian, all those guys. Make sure that your credit is frozen, and that way new accounts cannot be opened with your information. So yeah, go out to Equifax or 
Experian or whatever and make sure that you've frozen those credit reports. And, you know, even if you weren't affected by this, I, w- I would still highly recommend that because our information is out there somewhere in, in some sort of database and it's probably on the dark web already. So protecting yourself by freezing your credit is a great way to make sure that fraudulent accounts aren't, aren't opened up in your name that you d- maybe don't know about. So certainly a good thing to do to protect yourself there. The last data breach that we'll talk about here is Choice Hotels. 700,000 customer records were compromised at cha- uh, Choice Hotels. So yet again, another another Mongo database. I think all of these are either Mongo databases or S3 buckets, or you know, I guess that other one was a uh, Elasticsearch database. But nonetheless, it seems to be one of those two or three types of databases that continually are misconfigured. So if you have any of that, if you're using AWS, you use S3 buckets, go out there and make sure they're set up correctly. Make sure you can't access those just on the fly externally. If you use MongoDB, same thing. Elasticsearch, make sure it's not accessible externally before you do anything, before you even put it into production. Make sure you can't get to it from the outside because that's how all of these researchers are finding these. They go out to Shodan and do some very basic searching. Shodan scans the entire internet for you. All you have to do is run some real basic queries and you can get into a lot of this stuff. So I said that was the last one about data breaches, but the other one real quick was British Airways. But anyway, they... There's just so many of these that are, seems like it's just a weekly occurrence. And it's definitely unfortunate, but that's the way it goes, I guess, nowadays. Some other cybersecurity-related news. If you have a Lenovo ThinkPad or you have Lenovo laptops in your environment, you probably want to go out there and start patching that. Lenovo themselves issued one of my favorite things. They issued a warning, warning users about... Three different vulnerabilities, one of which is a Bluetooth vulnerability that was patched by Microsoft as part of the August security uh, roll-up. And the other one was related to a Intel chipset device software that they had on there. So yet again, more Spectre Meltdown related stuff there. But anyway, if you got Lenovo devices, I want to go out there and patch those if you have not already. All right, so some other news here. The privacy-related news that I wanted to touch on. All of these voice recognition platforms, whether it's Facebook, Siri from Apple, if it's you know, Google, whoever it is, right? Amazon, it could be any of those. So there's been multiple articles that have been released just over the last week where all these companies have come out and said that they are listening to those recordings. And so specifically on Facebook, they were transcribing audio chats. So if you use Facebook Messenger, they were recording that and transcribing that. So talk about another huge, huge blow for Facebook and their privacy. Yet again, another reason to not use Facebook products. Why they are recording all these chats uh, from that messenger platform, I mean, I don't know, but that's really, that's, that's 
so disheartening to see that because what a huge violation of privacy and you may not even know it's happening until something like this comes out so if you want to do any sort of secure messaging secure video chats secure phone calls whatever it is there are apps out there that you can do that with Um, signal is one of those Uh, there's another one called wire and there's a few others of course out there as well Uh, i've used signal and wire quite a bit I do like those, and they do allow making phone calls and whatnot, so you can still do and use that functionality and keep it all encrypted. So there are other solutions out there aside from using Facebook Messenger. So Microsoft also admitted that they have people listening to Skype and Cortana recordings. So very similar to Facebook, if you use Skype, here's what's really scary. If you use Skype for business and they're listening to that kind of stuff, oh man, oh, that's scary to think about. If you use Skype for business, I would highly recommend reaching out to whoever your account rep at Microsoft is and asking them if if any of your company information was included in this because that's that's very very concerning if you're having a you know a conference call on Skype you expect some sort of privacy and if they're snooping in on that and you say something that's private or that shouldn't be out there I mean and they're and they're sitting there recording it and listening to it man scary stuff you're putting trade secrets in a in a phone conversation and talking about that stuff and Microsoft is recording it and transcribing it it's just crazy to think about. So that's just a few. Last week it was Apple, so we already heard about them, but now Facebook and Microsoft. And I think we already heard about Amazon doing this too as well. That was a few weeks back. So there you go, folks. That's pretty much all of the voice recognition and and smart voice recognition products out there like Siri and whatnot. Only one that we haven't officially heard of, or at least I haven't seen, is Google's. But, you know, I'm sure based on what everybody else is doing, I'd be shocked if if Google wasn't doing the exact same thing. All right, some other pretty big news here about uh, remote desktop. And we've talked about remote desktop before on this show. If you have to use remote desktop, just make sure, make absolutely sure it's not exposed on the internet. Make sure you don't open it up to the internet. And what I mean by that is opening up the remote desktop port on your firewall and allowing people to access things via remote desktop and getting through your firewall. If you need to use remote desktop, get on a VPN first and then allow your administrators or whoever else to use remote desktop. Uh, Microsoft is saying that these flaws in remote desktop are wormable. So that is scary stuff there. They, they could spread quite a bit. Uh, at least that's what Microsoft is saying. And if, if the people that write the code are saying that, that's that's pretty serious stuff there. So make absolutely sure you get those patches as well. But just a general rule of thumb, too, don't, don't expose it to the Internet. I mean, yeah, some people have to use remote desktop. I totally get that. But make sure you're on a VPN first, and then you can do your remote desktop. All right, the last thing here in cybersecurity. North Korea made $2 billion from cyber attacks. That is pretty wild. That's a substantial amount of money, too. So certainly not what you want to hear about North Korea, but hey, is anybody really surprised? But $2 billion, man. And the UN is basically the ones reporting this. So I'm not sure how they got that information or whatever, but if it's even close to that, that's still scary, right? I mean, even if it's only 
a measly billion dollars. <laughs> That's still really scary to think about. All right, we'll jump over to crypto side of things. This one made me laugh. Samsung, you know, they released the Galaxy S10. They're coming out with the Galaxy Note 10 coming up. And they're, they're awesome phones. I love them. I don't have them, but I do love those. I do have an older Samsung. But they're saying that the S10 and the Note 10 are blockchain enabled. So I laugh because ever since the invention of a smartphone and a smartphone app for cryptocurrency, that automatically makes your phone blockchain enabled. Samsung isn't doing anything different here. They're just they're letting you use the Samsung app rather than your Coinbase app, for example, or your Electrum wallet. Whichever one you're using doesn't matter, but downloading any kind of crypto app and storing information in it is just as good as having what they're calling a blockchain-enabled device. So apparently you can keep your key store on the phone and use the Samsung apps to access your crypto. They've added support for a bunch of other cryptocurrencies as well. But again, this is no no different than what has already been going on with cryptocurrency apps on all smartphones, really. But if you're keeping your key store of all your crypto on your phone, you better make absolutely sure that wherever that key store is, it's it's extremely secured. It's you know, you're, I would encrypt my whole phone. Um, I'd add additional encryption just to the key store outside of what Samsung provides, if you can, of course. But that's that's certainly scary to think about, if you ask me. And this this is probably something that attackers are looking at here and saying, hey, if if people are going to start storing their key store for all of their various cryptocurrency wallets again you get those private keys you own the money so that might make these phones specifically a very massive target for hackers and again my tinfoil hat theory is that cryptocurrency exchanges will be the most targeted in the cybersecurity space over the next couple years again tinfoil hat theory there but i thought that was rather dumb of samsung to come out and say i don't quite understand why they think that that's so different i think really it's more than anything it's putting the buzzword out there in relation to their phone so some other crypto stuff here there's a new monero mining malware and they're calling this one norman apparently Um, once this code is executed or injected it overwrites its entry in explorer.exe which is basically your entire desktop environment in windows and it does that to conceal the evidence of its existence and of its presence so it also apparently stops mining when the user opens up task manager and then it re-injects itself when they close task manager so wow pretty uh, wild stuff there very crafty they also found some php shells that were linked to this uh, norman crypto mining stuff and those were connecting out to a command and control server so pretty pretty wild stuff there. Uh, in the article too, there is a link to a GitHub there about uh, some. I don't I don't think this is the Norman one specifically, but other crypto mining software that you can at least check out and tinker with if you wanted to. But I'll post all these articles in the show notes for you, so you certainly check those out. As far as the crypto prices go, we've seen quite the drop off here over the last uh, few days. We've gone from almost twelve thousand down to 10,340 today. So that is quite the drop 
drop off there. But it got all the way down to right around 10,000. So it's actually come up just this afternoon to 10,340. So Ethereum's down at 187. Ripple is down at 26 cents. Wow. So as you all know, as Bitcoin goes down, everything else goes down. So that is just wild to see that there. I still can't believe Ripple is so so inexpensive still. But you never know with the crypto market. It could be, you know, 14000 tomorrow. Who knows, right, for Bitcoin. It's always all over the place. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about was a personal experience that I had with a new job that I took. And I'm not going to say any names, company names, or anything like that. But hopefully my experience will help somebody else at least be able to spot, you know, some red flags before they're you know, too far into their employment at whatever company it is. So looking back on this, I was employed by this company for about a month. And within the first three weeks, I figured out pretty quickly that it was not what was advertised. I was already not doing the work that they said I was going to be doing. And a lot of the people that I worked with were just extremely down on the job. They didn't have anything good to say most of the time. And just a lot of negativity about the company in general and the various people and the tools that they use. So, I mean, that was scary to hear that from people that had been there a long time and you know it was my second or third week on the job and I'm hearing that uh, this company also hires interns to groom them to be employees later on down the road and I talked to several of the interns that had a very similar sentiment about the entire company all of them basically said that they'd they would never come work for that company so once I heard all of that and I started hearing it from multiple different people I told myself that I don't think I want to be a part of this long term and I turned right back around and, and went back to my old job. And thankfully, my old job welcomed me back. But I wish I'd seen some of those red flags before going in. So when I stop and think about it, before I got in and before I was, you know, I was doing all the interviews and stuff and before I was actually hired, it seemed too good to be true. Everything that everybody said seemed so amazing. And I should have, right then and there, I should have said, whoa, hold on, pump the brakes. It can't be this good. There's no way that everybody is saying all of these great things about it. And what it was is basically people higher up in the company were the ones that I was talking to. And all of them, of course, liked it because they're not doing any of the grunt work, if you will. And they're probably getting paid a lot more. So, of course, they loved the job. And that's who I talked to prior to interviewing. But I should have seen that as a red flag when all those people were saying that it's so amazing before I get hired. And then once I get hired, I start working with people that are actually in the field and doing the work. And that's when you find out what really happens and you find out the actual, you know, behind the scenes stuff and you get people's sentiment about the company as a whole. And to say that it was negative is an understatement. But the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. If I could do it over over again, I would have asked to interview or at least talk to uh, people doing the field work. And I would have talked to multiple different people doing the field work. And I would have talked to you know, an intern or two if I could. Uh, some companies may not let you do that. They want you to think it's all sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows. And then when you get in there, it's just absolutely totally different. But if you start hearing things like that during a job interview from multiple people, make sure you get some other opinions of people that are doing the grunt work, people that are, you know, 
doing the real heavy lifting and see what their actual opinions are because oftentimes it could be a lot different and it couldn't have been more different at the company that I went to. Management thought everything was great. Management thought all the employees loved it. Come to find out it was polar opposite. So make sure that you talk to all kinds of different people at that company that you're interviewing with so that way you don't get in the same predicament I was in. So I had a very tough decision after I heard all this negativity uh, from the employees and the interns. I had a hard decision to make. I mean, do I stick around and hope it gets better or do I jump ship now? Ultimately, I decided to go ahead and jump ship but I wish I didn't have to. I wish none of that had happened. And now the job I went back to, I'm sure that they're scratching their head a little bit and hoping that I don't do something like that again. And I was happy where I was. That was the other caveat here. I was very happy where I was, but everybody was talking up the new company so much and saying how great it was. But, and so that's kind of what, what made me go there because I thought, man, all these people are saying all these great things. And that's what made me leave the other job that I liked. So anyway, lesson learned for me, but hopefully any of that helps somebody else out there that might be interviewing for a job. You know, don't just get interviewed by the manager. Go talk to other people in the department, other people in other departments. Go talk to a bunch of other people and see how they feel about everything. See how they feel about the company and ask them what their workload is like and, you know, all that kind of stuff rather than just taking the manager's word for it or, you know, just interviewing with only a manager. Set aside some time to, to take some of those other people to lunch if you can because it'll save you some headaches down the road. You certainly don't want to get into a job that you don't like or where there's, you know, just a bunch of negative people and negativity in general because ultimately that will make you negative in the long term. So certainly don't want to be working for a place like that in that kind of environment. So anyway, I hope that that helps somebody out there just kind of seeing those red flags more than anything. It's too good to be true. It probably is. All right, folks, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at CyberCryptoGuy, at CyberCryptoGuy on Twitter. Check me out on there. I retweet a bunch of the articles that we talk about here on the show. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you.